Sport Calgary conducts research into sports issues in our city. Did you know that the gross municipal amateur sport product in Calgary is over $1.2 billion per year? Visit www.sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Hey kids, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you are here. I am your podcasting pal, your podcasting friend. Uh, Again, I cannot thank you enough for uh, spending time with us today. And this is really cool. Do you know what today is? Number 50. It is. It is our 50th podcast, our 50th original Six Feet Conversation podcast. Uh, This started when the pause, the pandemic began. We wanted to do something to kind of uh, give people something to to focus on, you know, away from the bad news. We wanted to tell some stories about Calgary and Calgarians. And boys, uh, the first 49 have been fun. Um, very excited about number 50. Very, very, very excited about number 50. Um, full disclosure, a friend of mine, uh, a, a dear friend, Akeem Haynes is our guest today. Akeem is an Olympic bronze medalist in 2016 in the men's 4x100 for Canada. He's been an Olympian. Uh, he has dabbled in football. He is a, uh, a very well thought of track athlete who uh, uh, went to two, two NCAA schools, Kansas and uh, Alabama. Um, he is an author. He is a speaker. He is a mentor. He is really, really um, special in so many ways. Uh, I've been fortunate enough uh, in my day job with the Calgary Hitman uh, a couple of seasons ago. Akeem Haynes was one of our speakers at our Be Brave game, our bully prevention game. Uh, I've heard him talk for kids sport. I've heard him talk to football players. He is uh, still, I think, very young, but uh, incredibly wise. Um, Just He's got his own podcast. Here's the website, by the way, AkeemInspires.com. That's all you need to know, AkeemInspires.com. This is a very important conversation. It's a very timely conversation. It's a very honest and frank conversation. Sometimes it's a little hard, um, and sometimes it's 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 what we need to hear, really. Um, and I, I really appreciate Akeem trusting me to have this conversation. Uh, I hope you st- stay around right till the end. It's it's a good, you know, it's two friends getting together and really diving into some meaty topics. Um, so we'll get to that in just a second. want to remind you, though, if you're tired of searching dozens and dozens of websites for local sports events, visit www.sportcalgary.ca and find hundreds of local events, everything from community gatherings to summer camps to tournaments. I have been kind of neglecting that particular read for a while, but it's now with the new phase into phase two, this is going to become more prominent as we continue to, you know, get better and healthier and, and back to normal, more and more things are going to be going on. So we want you to check out that website. All right, let's get to it. Uh, My friend, Akeem Haynes, Uh, check it out. The website is akeeminspires.com. Lots to talk about with Akeem. How are you? I'm well, man. Um, I was about to say I like the setup you have going on back there, man. You always have a nice, a nice environment behind you. Well, it's just it's just the office at home, which I guess was a den before, and now it's the office. Is like everybody else, right? Now you do you adapt, and and this is what it's become. This is what it's become. How have you find found some of these changes? I mean, you 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 always have the voice, you know. <laughs> so I guess I guess this is this isn't too too out of the ordinary here. Well. Um, no, you know what? I kind of enjoyed it the first couple of weeks. I thought, ah, oh, yeah, this working from home is cool. But 
I'm I'm ready to go back into an office. I uh, I yeah I I've about had it. What about you? What about you? Because you're an independent guy, right? So my assumption is you were doing a lot of work from home before, right? Yeah, man. So for the most part, I was doing a lot of things at home from the business aspect of things. But you know, I had a lot of speaking engagements that got deferred. Um, and you know, I'm a I'm a man of the people. You know, I like to see the people. I like to feel the people. Um, and and uh, that's that's probably been one of the biggest changes. You know, I, I, it's it's a little different from speaking online. But you know, when you're in a room, you can really sense people's emotions. And I think at this time, you know, uh, everybody's emotions are all over the place. Yeah, you know, it's it, you're one of the few guys we can have this conversation. But that is so true. Like, like technology is great. It's it's good that you and I can talk over technology. It's good that we can do a Zoom meeting. It's not the same. And and nobody can tell me it's the same as being in the same room, as you say, reading the audience, right? Yeah, because, you know, you know, we, we, we've all seen the social media with the robots and stuff doing push-ups <laughs> and jumping 17 feet. Um, and, you know, by rights, we have came a long way in technology. But, you know, I think the math never equivalates to human emotion, you know, and, and, and that's how we were created. You know, we're, we're emotional creatures, whether we think we're strong or not. You know, we, we thrive off emotion. Have you done some, speaking, have you done some remote engagements through all of this? Yeah, I've been doing some conference stuff, um, but you know, for the most part, it's it's just been trying to uh, be a voice in this dark time for the for the ones that reach out and the ones that need it. So for me, you know, I've kind of necessarily, I've I've taken a step back from you know my usual speaking price to just try to be a presence and to be a voice. Yeah, you know, I I, I think there's a time and place for everything. Sometimes you do need to you know, sell and make your living and, and get your stuff out there. But I think when you think about uh, the humane aspect of things, you got to step back and, and, and listen, you know, and I and I think more times than now, we got to do more listening than we do talking. Two things that jump off at me, by the way, and I mentioned it before, but akimasinspires.com is your website. And a couple things that I saw there that I want to ask you about. Have you, because you you have the Fearless Speakers Academy, so you, you talk to people about public speaking. Has there been any uptick in that? Because now people having to do these types, you know, get it's easy to sit in a room, but you put somebody on a camera. doesn't matter if it's your laptop. It changes things, right? <laughs> like, there's got to be a lot of people looking for your help right now. You know, it's... Uh... I've got a I've got a few clients going on, you know, you could you could always do more. Sure. But you know, I understand um them reaching out is out of the unknown. That's that's out of the comfort, you know. But um you know, I, I, I come from someone who doesn't didn't like to be at the center of attention. You know me, I'm still that guy. Yeah. You know, if if I could come in a room and sit in the back, <laughs> that's really what I would do. But you know, um as we've mentioned before, I think I, I think God has given everybody an ability and a purpose to do in this world. And um, sometimes your voice needs to be heard. And, and that's why I started Fearless Speakers Academy. I wanted people to uh, share their stories of uh, what they're going through and how they can, you know, be the light. You know, we always need more candles, but um, people have the fear of public speaking, rightfully so. Yeah. But the fear isn't there if you know what you want to talk about. It just becomes a regular conversation. Then you got to add some structure behind it. So that's I, that's why I started Fearless Speakers Academy, just to help people develop that structure behind their message. But you're giving away the secrets. You're going to create more Akeem Haynes, and then they won't need the original Akeem Haynes. Like, you, this is so antithetical to what people do. You're helping. You're not supposed to help. This is what you do. You're supposed to keep it a secret, right? 
Man, Rob, I uh, when I was coming up speaking, man, you know, I think I think sometimes people people see they only see the last three years speaking wise. Yeah. But I've been speaking since I was 19, 20 years old, you know. So when I wasn't running track and field in the off season, you can ask anybody, Akeem, where are you? I'm, I'm in my community. I'm in the local schools that people necessarily aren't going to, you know. I'm, I'm in the jail systems. I'm in the youth detention facilities. Like, I'm talking to all these different things, developing the skills. And, you know, nobody would necessarily gave me sound advice on mm. how I can transform this into a business. Yeah, I had some tips in there, but I had to figure out everything on my own. And I said, man, like, I know how hard of an uphill battle it was. Even when I was in certain rooms, I knew one of the things they were thinking is, what does this kid have to tell me? How Because <laughs> I'm going, I'm usually the youngest person in the room at these stages. Yeah. You know, but, but I realized that age and life experiences doesn't determine what value you can bring to the room. There's people who are 50, 60 years old and necess- hasn't necessarily been through some of the adversity that other people might have gone through. Life is about perspective. So for me, people say it's giving away the secret, but if you want to impact the world, you got to give away something that the world needs. Exactly. Who knows Who knows what message somebody has that they want to share? And because they share that message, the, 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 the people in their community and their group are like, wow, this person said something to me that I feel like that I can go out and pursue what is in my heart to do. People say it's the secret. Well, secret's always going to be out at some point. (laughs) What I love about it, though, in in all seriousness, what I love about it is, and you said it, like you you can literally just slip in the back of a room and you're happy that you're not like me. I'm a ham. Like, I, you know, I'm (laughs) I I just love it. I got to Hey, you got to hear me. I got to talk. That's not you. Right. So to me, you're more qualified to be instructing than I am because you, you, you don't need it. You don't want it. You don't crave it. Therefore you're more technical of a public speaker than I am. And I think that's what you need to educate. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's, um, uh, one of the questions that I've had my clients ask me, you know, so far is, you know, Kim, are you, are you scared or nervous when you go out and speak? I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you weren't nervous about what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Nerves is good. Yep. Controlled fears Man, that is a powerful thing, right? And when I talk about, you know, fears and being scared of something, you know, let me use this example, Rob. If 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 you're walking, you know, going to get some ice cream, you know, and a dog is coming, you're scared, you're going to run. <laughs> you're scared and you're going to run as fast as you can. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's going to stop you from going down the ice cream again. You know, and and when you're and you're in fearful of something, you think about the worst possible thing that can happen before it even happens. Right. It's sometimes you got to do things scared. I've done a lot of things scared in my life and I will continue to do a lot of things scared in my life. But if you always focus on the immediate fears, then you forget what is the purpose bigger behind the message that you're trying to give. Right. So for people saying, you know, I'm so scared to share my message. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But your message may be the one that somebody needs to hear. You don't know what good things you have to offer until you risk finding out um, what it is that, that you have to offer. You use the term scared, Akeem. I would use the term performance anxiety, that I get anxious, <laughs> right? Is it the same thing, though? Yeah, you know, I, I think scared is just is just highly enlightened nerves. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's competing at the Olympic Games, and you're like, whoa. Everybody is, is is scared, but it's poker. Who can control that scaredness right. the most? Are usually the ones that achieve the success that they come there to do. 
you know, I always say, I always tell, you know, athletes and I always tell, you know, certain companies like, look, every room that you find yourself in, like you belong there. So if you believe that you belong there and you've been preparing, then just go ahead and execute to the best of your ability. And if you execute to the best of your ability, you know, results will come, you know, but it's, it's, it's what you feed into at that present moment. Does your athletic background benefit your speaking or does your speaking benefit your athletics? What sports has taught me, you know, I've, 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 I've had this question a lot and and I consider myself the anomaly, you know, I've always heard sports gets you prepared for life, but I always felt like it was the flip side for me. My life has prepared me for sport. What sport did teach me is how to build habits, right? That's the one thing it taught me. Um, is, is, you know, you do something over and over and over again, over again, you know, the saying practice makes practice makes perfect. Well, no practice makes permanent. You repetitiously doing the same thing over and over again. And so I said, you know, when I stopped running, I said, how can I take that same habit and apply it to one thing? Now it doesn't necessarily have to be in the speaking aspect, but you need the foundation, you know? So when you ask me that sports taught me about habits and I had to build these habits of, I got to get in the dictionary and and expand my vocabulary. It's so simple, but yeah. it is it is it is boring and it's tedious, but it's got to be done. Right. When you're working with someone and teaching them how to become a public speaker, how important is their message? How important is their story? And by that I mean, can you create a public speaker without them already having a story with all, already them without having a message or is that primary and and it leads the other way? You know, I think everybody has a story. Um, it, it it may not be the story of, you know, perseverance or resiliency. It yeah. may be the fact that you're a really good math teacher. How did you become a really good math teacher? But for me, I always ask the first question during, because um, I do like a free session call before we even start. And my first question is, why do you want to speak? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you got to start there. You know, why do you want to do something? Yeah. You know, I asked my little brother and my siblings all the time, I said, you know, you guys want to, um, you know, become a doctor or become the athlete. I said, but why do you want that? What is the root of it and what's the purpose behind it? So, you know, I th- I think if, if someone wants to speak to be an impact in their community, um, that's powerful. Right. If you just if you just want to speak just to make money, that's nothing wrong with that, too. But you won't be as impactful as you probably would feel like it, you know? So, um, I think anybody can talk about something. We just have to figure out what it is that you want to talk about and what's the reason behind it. Then we can figure out the, what, the, how, the, all the other stuff, but we got to figure out the why at the beginning. Um, we can figure out the why we can add intangible tree factors to that as well. If we had done this interview a month ago, I'm not sure I would have asked this question, but a month later into where we are in the world right now, how important is what you're doing about to become and, and allowing people wow. to get their message allow them to get their voice? Because we're supposed, you know, it's now about listening and that's now about learning. Right. And it seems to me that someone like yourself is going to play a very major role in allowing some people to find their voices to speak to where they need to be heard. It's, um, I never asked. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think I think there's so many things that go under the radar so many subliminal words that are said that we don't necessarily don't think about so many things that aren't discussed so many things um that really we just 
don't see it because we're in our everyday lives. And just because we don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, I, I, I think there is, there is two ways how to engage in a conversation for it to be receptive. If I go into you, Rob, I'm having a problem with you. And I say, Rob, you're stupid. You're foolish. You, you, you're going to say, yo, why are you attacking me? But if I go into say, Hey Rob, you know, there's some things that I've been seeing over the past few weeks and I don't know if you know, but this is how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. You are going to be able to say, whoa, I never thought of it like that, Akeem. How can I possibly help change this? You're going to be more receptive to you making the difference and you can see where I'm coming from. 100%. So for me, it's, it's, it's how you say something is just as important as what you say. And so whenever I talk to my clients, I said, you know, you got to make sure that if you want to have a call to action, that you aren't attacking the people. You got to be able to state your differences in a way that they'll be able to receive a message. A message can be so great and so powerful, but if the audience isn't ready to receive it, it's really just falling on deaf ears. So for me, I always just want to make sure that in anything that you say, how you say it is really going to spark the change and it's going to spark the impact. But you got to know how to work around certain dialect and be able to come at you at that angle. Is there a role for you right now, Akeem, in this in this conversation? Is there a role for me in this conversation? Yeah. Uh, apart from apart from catching up? <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm saying the overall social conversation we're having, not this conversation. You have a role in this. Yeah, yeah, you're my guest. That's the role. No, I mean in the greater social conversation that we're having right now. You know, um, I'm I'm I've I've came from three different countries of. Uh, uh, police actions um you know in jamaica it's 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 a little bit more hands-on with the people mm-hmm. if we see something people are going to take care of it well we're not going to the police first we're going to take care of it i've i've, I've seen it firsthand like i lived it yep. moved to canada and it's it's a little bit more subtle um there are some good police officers out there there are some good educators out there there are some really good people in this world but there are also some ones who make you question what it is that you really got this profession for mm-hmm. went went down to america and saw it straight like straight hand like i went to possibly two of the most historical racist place places in kansas and alabama alabama speaks for itself yep. and i've seen it firsthand and I've seen how blatant it is down there, but I've also seen what people can do in order to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I think I think right now at this time, um, there are conversations that need to be had, um, things that need to be said, um, but some people don't need to talk. You need to listen. And you know, I've 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 educated myself culturally in different things you know what i'm saying like from jamaica to canada to america is that the history is different yep. and we're and we're able to you know a couple of days ago last week you know i i mentor kids all over the country um and i mentor four four young men uh 17 18 18 and 19 and um you know each week or each every other week we get on a call and we just check in and see how everybody's doing and I do my best to try to give, you know, sound advice to what they're going through. But I really just listen. Um, sometimes, sometimes young people don't have anybody to listen, you know, for them to listen to. 
And, you know, Rob, this was different. Um, they called me on the phone in tears. Um, and we, we sat in silence for about seven minutes. Um, I didn't want to say anything. I wanted them to get out what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they felt like no matter what they did, they're always taking a step backwards. They had to always work harder. They had to always put in more effort to to be behind in the same aspect of things. And, you know, what I said to them was, I said, you're absolutely right. You're going to have to work harder. Um, you are going to have to educate yourself more. You're absolutely right. You're going to be more tired. But this is why you are more well equipped to handle what life comes your way. You know, because, you know, I can I can preach about how unfair life is. I can preach about all the racism that I faced. I can preach about all the things that I know that I can't change by just necessarily just talking. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that hope needs to be seen and it needs to be shown. And for me, my biggest thing is from what people have passed down to me. You know, I met a janitor in Alabama who educated the heck out of me every single day when I seen him. And he said, Akeem, the best thing that you can do to give back to your people is to make sure that you educate yourself and you be the change in the community that you want to be seen and think that you need it growing up. That's why I'm in the school system. I, I, I can't I can't speak for everybody in, in Calgary, in Canada, whomever. I can only speak about what I do. But I went to the jail system, Rob, and I'm in the jail talking to these kids. And before we even get in, the officer pulls me aside and he says, Akeem, why are you here? I says, I says, what do you mean? He says, man, nobody comes here to visit these kids. I said, well, don't you think that's the problem? Because nobody comes here to visit these kids. That's why I come and I bring the medal. The medal isn't just about me, but I bring these intangible things so they can see, like, look, there's a different way. There's a different life out of this. And you go and you talk to these young kids and you'll see that they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, what good is going to come from that? When you're always fighting for your life, you don't necessarily see anything positive about it. People are asking me, Akeem, what is what do you think about all the riots and all these different things? I said, I don't condone the rioting, but I understand it. Because it's like uh it's like it's like Rob, I I I'm 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 homeless and I come to your I walk by your house every day and you have this big window open, right? And I see your family in there and you have so much food and all these drinks and all these good things there. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I wonder if he'll if he'll give me a piece of bread. And I go and I knock on the door and I say, hello, I'm 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 so hungry. Um, I'm so thirsty. And I just I see that you have all these things here and you slam the door and you say, uh, no, I don't have anything. OK, well, I come back the next day and I ask again. Yep. I come back the third day and I ask again. I see the same things. Well, on that fourth day, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm going to take a brick and I'm going to find a way to get inside the house because I'm starving and you're not hearing me and you have so much. And I think um, when you just want to be heard, you just want people to see the indifferences and in what is happening um, at some point, you're going to take action. While I don't condone it by no means, I do understand it. I owe you an apology. You and you've been so kind to me over the years. We've 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 you've been on the radio. We've we've done things. You've spoke for me, and you've always told your story. And uh, I've always been so impressed with you because you have three books, correct? Or are we? 
I've I've got three. Um, the third is in editing. The okay. fourth I have to type up right now, but that's done as well. If I remember correctly, the reason you got and started writing books was because of the way you were treated by an instructor, correct? In, yeah. In university. And I want to say it was Alabama. Am I correct? Uh, it was, uh, it was, was Kansas. It was Kansas. Okay, I apologize. But I knew that that um, that's what spurred you on. But I think, Akeem, I didn't listen. I think I always said, oh, Akeem had an idiot for a professor. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was kind of my experience. Oh, it was an idiot. Like, you know, this idiot did it. I, I, I don't think I heard that story correctly. I don't think I listened the right way. It, mm. So I want to apologize to you because I think I was applying my realities to your reality and not fully hearing it. And it's one of the things that I've thought a lot about the last couple of weeks is that whole idea of listening. And I'm not sure I was listening correctly. Oh, man. You know, Rob, you've always been good to me, man. You've always, you know, I, I remember when we were doing uh, the uh, Pink Shirt Day. Yeah. And, you know, you be, be you, brave. Yeah. Be brave. And you reached out and you said, you know, man, you're the first guy that I thought about. And I always appreciate that. You know, you've you've always been genuine to me. And, you know, and, and I've had a lot of bad teachers, man. <laughs> but I've had a lot of good ones sure. that I keep in touch to this day. Yeah. You know, I I had a I had a teacher in Crescent, you know, who was who was my math teacher. And I remember I came I came late from uh Canada Summer Games. I had a very good Canada Summer Games. And, you know, things were starting to progress in the sense that I was about to get my school paid for. Mom didn't have to pay a dime. But um I struggled in math and I came back a week late and I was already ahead. And, you know, this this teacher knew the situation and she wouldn't help me, but she'd help everybody else. I would say, is can I come in, in the mornings or can I step? And, and she would say, Akeem, you're just going to have to catch up. But she would go and help everybody else. Right. And, you know, there are things like that. And then you go to the story you're talking about. I was in Kansas um, and I had an anatomy teacher and anatomy is hard first and foremost. Sure it is. <laughs> And so I was, uh, I wasn't doing so well in the, te- in, in the school, you know, I already failed two tests. There's, there's only five tests. Um, so I said, you know, I'm smart enough to know that when I need help, I, I, I got to try to make it happen. So I went and I asked him, I said, sir, is there anything that I can do to, you know, maybe do some extra credit stuff or get a better understanding? Because I know there's, there's five tests during the semester and, and, and I need to pass this course. And he looks at me and he says, um, yeah, come after, come after class. I said, I can't come after class. I got practice. And he says, oh, you play sports? I was like, yes, sir, I run track. He's like, oh, okay, well, then um, come, come after your practice. So I come after my practice the first day, and, you know, he says, Akeem, what do you want to do with your life? I said, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure yet. Um, I have inklings. I have ideas. Mm-hmm. But even if I had it in depth, I wasn't going to tell him what I wanted to do. And so I said, you know, I'm not too sure yet, but, you know, I know whatever it is that I do, then uh, I'll be successful at it. And he says, don't you think you have to know what you want to do in order to be successful? I said, no, not necessarily, because there's lots of people who are figuring out as they went. And he says, um, Keem, where are you from? I said, I was born in Jamaica, no, but I live in Canada. And he says, man, I've been educating now for the past 25, 30 years, seen a lot of things. Um, but I got to be honest with you, man. Um, I don't think you're going to pass this course. I don't think you're going to be able to graduate college. I said, what? I said, what do you mean? He says, man, I've, I've been, I've, I've seen this a bunch of times, man. 
And he says, can I give you some advice? I said, sure. He says, man, um, he's from Canada, right? I say, I say, yes, sir. And he says, um, I think it's probably better that you go home back to Canada and get a nice job at McDonald's and kind of work your up to a, you know, managerial state. Like, I think, I think there may be a future for you. And you know, when, you know, when somebody says something to you, when it catches you off guard and you don't really know what to say, but I remember getting up and I was walking out. But then I remember something that my grandmother said to me. She said, son, um, if somebody has something to say about you and they don't take the time to know you, then why do you care what they say? And so I remember that. And I said, man, I said, you know, no disrespect to you. Like, you know, but you're supposed to be a person to uplift people. Like you're an educator. You're supposed to be helping people achieve their dream of going to college and graduating and you're literally supposed to be in a position of empowerment and here you are tearing people down i said just like how you can say all these things man i said you know but you wasn't there when i was homeless and i'm saying like you wasn't there when i seen death at six years old like you don't know what it took me to get to this point so for you to say that cool but i'm gonna disregard everything that you have to say so since he said that you know man i just i was more intentional with uh, with the writing aspect and how I was going to find a way to do what he was not going to do. Right. It's not that he didn't know. He just picked and choose when and how he did it. Again, I, I just want to apologize to you because I didn't, I didn't hear that story for what it was. Oh, Rob, it's, it's all good, man. You don't even have to apologize, man. No, but, but I think that's what this is all about, right? Is you gotta, we got to slow down and stop putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes, Right. And, and you yeah. really kind of have to listen to the situation. I'm not sure you tell me, but I'm not sure if I was having that conversation with him that he would have told me the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, I think so. Yeah. You know, I think, um, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, you know, being a person of color, like I'm a black man that has never that has never shied away from my message. That has never shied away from anything. I'm the same as I am. Um, since you've met me, yep. I've, doesn't, it doesn't matter what stage I'm on. I talk a certain way. I walk a certain way. I definitely look a certain way. But at the end of the day, nobody can never say that Akeem has, ne- has ever been disrespectful. Right. I've ever treated anybody with malice. I've ever held anything, um, a grudge to anybody, even though I could sense in certain rooms that the feeling wasn't the same. I said, okay, cool. I'm not going to allow you to dim my light because of how you feel. I'm, I'm secure in, in, in myself, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure that I lift up everybody that looks like me by speaking life into everybody who, who looks at me, who says, you know, Akeem reminds me of a certain spirit. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak life regardless of what you think about me. Right, right. Does, does anything over the last couple of weeks impact you know, your messaging going forward, will you, does it change or does it maybe underscore? How, how do you view that moving forward? Um, you know, I've, I've been trying to be a good counsel of found a foundational piece, um, for not only for my close friends, um, but also for the younger generation. And, you know, yes, we have to live in it. And, you know, we grow each year. But the young mind is very fragile. Um, And we have to protect that because these are the same ones who are going to, 
uplift our country, not just in Canada, but in America and everywhere, you know. So for me, um, I am going to, I'm still going to talk the way that I talk. You know, I say gutta, I say trana, like I say the same thing. I have a very extensive vocabulary. But how many people know what the word intersoculate means? Not many people know what that means. You know, and I think if we want to reach people, we have to speak to them in a way that they can understand it. So for me, you know, I've, I've learned that there's, there's different ways how to, how to fight battles, but everybody has a part to play. You know, some of my, some of my white friends hit me up during the time and, and they said, Akeem, man, I, I just want to help. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know what to think. I don't know what to say. I've never been a person like that. I've never, and I said, the best thing that anybody can do, one is listen. But what does your own what does your own home look like? Mm-hmm. When is when is the last time that you invited somebody who doesn't look like you to your home, if you consider them your friend? Right. What are the things that's going on inside your home? If you if you want the world to be a better place in some aspect of it, clean up your own own, own home first, because what you learn in the home is going to uh, grow in the external world. But what are some of the conversations that you're having in your own world? You know, people always say, oh, there's no racism in Canada. You got to be mad if you think racism is limited to just America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so for me, you know, my message more now has really been to the younger generation. Just, um, you know, we can't we can't let this um, be the only time that we march. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't we can't let this time be the only time that now we try to make a difference. I, I used to get I used to get I used to get joked about and laughed about when I first started speaking because people's like, yo, Kim, what are you doing? Just run track. Yo, what are you doing? Just play football. I'm like, what do you mean? Just do those things for what? Yeah. <laughs> so I would go into make sure I was in the community because the community has to see you making an impact first. You know, so for me, whenever um, I, I, I talk to my people and I, and I hear the tiredness, I hear the frustration and I hear the, the, the towel in their back pocket getting ready to throw it, even though it, it sucks, it's painful, um, it's, it's, it's tough to hear, it's tough to listen to because I, I, I feel it. Like I come from pain, like I come from heartache, like I come from these situations. You know, a lot of people talk about the situation, but to actually live it is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people go through the fire, Rob. I've been through the fire, but I do my best not to come out smelling like smoke. And that's the thing that I want to make sure that I always come to impact is like, even though this is unfair, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's not equal. Yeah. Um, we still have to make sure that we double down on whatever it is that we're doing in a positive sense. And we still got to continue March 365. We got to March 365. We can't just mark two weeks. We got to March 365. But we also have to continue to develop that structure um, and do our best to make sure that um, when we see something, you know, for everybody listening to this, um, speak out when you see something <laughs> like it starts in your own circle. You know, how many times have we probably heard so many conversations um, and something is said and you kind of just let it slide because, like, that's your friend. Right. If somebody's talking about my friend and you're in my circle and you're trying to talk about my friend, we're going to have some problems. I don't play that. Yeah. So why are we playing about 
racial issues that we hear in our circles and not doing anything about it, just letting it slide. Something you just said really hits home for me is that there almost seems to be this, this time it's different, right? Right? We all agree. This time it's different. This time, well, for sure this time it's different. Like, we all agree this is different. Like, there almost seems to be this wanting for somebody to give us all a pass. Nope, this time for sure it's different. But Ferguson wasn't that long ago. And, and we, can, we can play this game. Like, we can go back a couple more years and there was something and something. We don't have the attention span for it. What you're talking about is going to take some work. What you're talking about is going to take some commitment. Nobody seems to be talking about that. They, we all want to look for how can, we, you know, how can we make everybody happy right now and appease everybody. But you said 365 days a year. Like, we, we can't go away. It can't, it, it can't be the same again, right? We can't allow it to be the same again. Is that fair? It's going to take a lot of time, you know. Um, when I was talking with my fellows and even a couple others, like I was talking to people from all ages and just listening to the pain. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that always tries to emphasize with, um, you know, hope. And, 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 you know, Rob, I saw a video, man, that, that, that brought tears to my eyes, man. And I had, I had to throw my phone like I couldn't watch it. The video that I saw was... Um, it was this. It was these. Uh, this black guy and his wife, and his wife was getting into it with the neighbors. Just, I don't know what the issue was, yeah. but she was at a distance. Cops came. Um, they brought a dog, and husband went over to try to, you know, mm-hmm. calm her down a little bit, and he tripped, and the officer let the dog go, and this dog was eating the man alive. And the officer had the, had the dog on the on the leash, but she, but they weren't doing anything to like you know yank the dog. Right. And when I saw that, I said, I said, man, how 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 do you not? Um, how do you think people are going to respond to that? How do you how does that? To me, if I was a person in that position, if I was there, man, I'd have to be there. I have to be angry. I have to be. Yep. How are you not? Yep. What 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 makes this one so different, Rob, is the fact that we were all able to see the video. And it's a shame that this happens more times than none, especially in America. But America is the most highly scrutinized, publicized country in the world. So much of their um, mannerisms, um, political views impact every single place. True. But, but we could see this video and we could see what was happening and we could see where it was going. And that trickles down. And I know when I look back at history and I was telling the same message with these with these young men and women, I said, um, Martin Luther King didn't march for two weeks. He marched every single every single day. Yep. Malcolm, Malcolm X did the same thing. Yep. And yes, there is the potential um, that that you know will take some step backwards, and yes, you know they still killed and shot and, and shot MLK. But I asked them. I said, "Would you rather live in 2020 or 1920?" Right. Progress is being made. We have came a long way in so many different areas, but some fights are always going to be ongoing, and we can't let our guard down now. And this is one of those fights. You are very uniquely positioned to have this next conversation I want to have with you, and that is about youth sport. Um, Very interesting 
coming out of a pandemic which we've never seen before. Um, literally, sports have been canceled. Kids have been kept away. We're going to still be a little ways away. There's been a financial impact, which is going to, again, once disenfranchise some families from sport. And I believe it's really important that we begin to have this very conversation about race in youth sport too. We're starting to see it. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. you know it, it it's it's difficult for some, but it's so necessary. We've got a lot to do in sport. Like sport has a lot to do here in the next little while to unpack and yeah. and be better. It's um, and I think oh, you know this this virus has has uh. Uh, has has struck us in a way that we think is new, but the Spanish flu happened in 1960, 1917. Yep. There's some similar dynamics and range yep. to it. And um, I, th- I think how we handle the sporting aspect of it, um, will stadiums and arenas be clean 100%? No. Um, will we have to take our precautions? Yes. Uh, but how do we go about it? I, I, I don't know. But I do know that there are different angles that we must take. One, obviously, safety for everyone. Sure. But sporting world is a community, right? You know, I talked to um, I talked to Vernon Adams a couple weeks ago, uh, quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. You know, we're going to get here, to that. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's an here's an American guy. Um, in, you know, in Canada, and there's it, so many of those, you know, I think at the youth sport aspect of things, if sports are on hold for a little bit longer, then we got to look at how else can we create something to be active? Maybe it's not a soccer match. Maybe it's taking a, a karate class in mm-hmm. the field. Mm-hmm. Maybe give them more opportunities to expand into different things that is beneficial to their sport right but it's kind of that cross training um it, you know I, I was i was i was planning on having a um a big spring camp mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't know what it's gonna look like right now i know we could probably do it because you know sprinting you know you kind of space things out yeah um but when you're trying to do it to a big crowd that's that's kind of when the issue happens right i, I i'm a little concerned that you know as we begin here in alberta to come into phase two and into phase three that, you know, we're seeing a lot of for-profit coming back and, and getting in there. And I'm, I'm a little worried we're getting ahead of ourselves that we almost need play. We almost need just yeah. to, to come back. If we almost took a year and said, you know what, let's, let's take structure out of sport. You know, let's, mm. let's play a little seven on seven flag instead of full, you know, or, or let's, you know, let's play some three on three hockey or let's play some street hockey or let, let's just get out with, you know, and um, what's the old game we used to play with uh, baseball where you just hit one out in the air and you yelled out the points, right? Oh, I know what you're talking you about. You know what I'm talking about, though. right? Yeah. Like yeah. just some games, like maybe if we, that, that should be the kind of the, at least that's how I feel, Kim, is that we should kind of transition back with just playing some sport or just, Man, I, w- yeah. I was watching, uh, uh, I was watching the, um, one of the soccer games over in over in Germany. Yeah, and there was there was nobody in the stands except the reporters, uh, and even the celebrations were different. Yeah, right. Like people were scoring. Usually, you know, you go and you hug your teammates, you dap them up, and you, but they were just kind of standing from afar. But these are the emotions that 
that um, that gives sports so much life. Right. Um, I, I, I couldn't imagine running 100 meters and, you know, someone not throwing you the flag after you win because, you know, they you got to be sanitized. Mm-hmm. You're not sanitized. You just be like, you know, so it's these aspect of it. Um, I, 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 I know that it's going to get to some sense of normalcy, a new norm. Um, but I think the idea that you said, man, just go out and just in every community, just be like, look, we're going to play some flag or we're going to play some touch football, whatever the case may be right. at this time. Um, but I think that will ease the tension to just remember like sports is supposed to be fun. Yeah. And and you've been a supporter of, of kids sports. So, you know, that, you know, in Calgary, there's lots of kids and families in the past that have needed help, financial help. And I think, you know, and I'm on the kids sport board, so obviously we're very prepared for this, but I think that's something that you know, people also have to be aware of is that the numbers just aren't going to be there. Like, not like they were. Participation is going to be down. And that's, that's the part that worries me. That's the part that really worries me is the families that aren't able to participate because of no, you know, not, it's not their issue. The, the, the pandemic took their money away. It's not like they spent it, right? That's, yeah. that's the other part that concerns me is how many athletes do we lose because of financial costs of this, right? So do you have any ideas... I want to know your view. What 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 do you th- what would you do? Like what, what I would have you guys been? I would if I you know when I had counsel with certain groups, I would really just kind of take a financial break for a year, take the structure mm-hmm. out of it. There's going to be costs. I think if we go back to facilities, you know, wherever we need to use facilities, I think there's going to be an added cost to it because of the attempt to try and keep them clean. Like you said, can we? Don't know. We're going to have to make that effort. Some that's going to get passed along to somebody. Right. And and I, you know, maybe we have to just say for one year, we're not going to go to tournaments. We're not going to host tournaments. We're just going to play in and around our neighborhoods and in and around our areas and um, knowing that it'll come full bore in a year or so. But let people get back on their feet. You know, again, Mm. take some of the structure out. We don't teams don't need third jerseys. Teams don't need. (laughs) You know what I mean? They don't need matching equipment like. Just, you know, everybody, uh, you know, maybe this is the year that, you know, all of the sports should come together and say, hey, listen, this winter, we're going to dial it back so you can play two things. Play hockey, Mm. play basketball, right? Mm. You know, play soccer, do karate. As you know, we've got early specialization as an issue. It it just seems like here's a perfect opportunity to take a negative and turn it into a, a positive, right? Play in your neighborhood. Play with the kids play with good kids, play with bad kids. It does, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the skill level, uh, you know, that shouldn't matter either. I just think there's this great opportunity to kind of just, let's go out and just change the system for one winter. Right. Go back and play like how you used to just go to, uh, to intramurals in, in, in gym class, right. just to go and just play. You know, there was a benefit for me racing you. I couldn't catch you, but I had to try. But now, mm. Well, no, we're going to take Akeem and, and Sam F, and we're going to take the really good runners, and they're going to go over here. Rob, you waddle over here. There is a benefit to having, you know, disparity in, in skill levels, right? It raises, it raises the water level a bit. But I think we lose that because we're so worried about, well, if Johnny doesn't play with Jimmy's team, he'll fall behind and he'll never get to the wherever. You know, he'll never get to Major League Baseball or whatever. I, I just, I, I just think we ne- we're never going to be given an opportunity like this again, Akeem, where we can say, okay, due to circumstances beyond our control, this year this is what we're going to do, and this is why we're going to do it. You know, I remember when I used to uh, when I was running in high school, um, it just brought me to 
to a moment that you said. Yeah. Um, and in one of the uh, my training groups when I was coaching with uh, Calgary International with John Cannon, um, I had a training partner named Ludia Larman. If that name sounds familiar, you know she went on to go to University of uh, Southern California. Complete monster. Yeah. And and he used to do staggering starts. And I was like, Ludia was a good starter, right? <laughs> and so I'm thinking to coach. I'm like, coach, you, you want us to go to 40 meters, right? And you're giving her 15 on me. And he's like, yeah, but you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm like, coach, no, I don't think you understand. Like, she, she just, <laughs> I said, okay, first rep, okay, you know, she got me by five. Yeah. Second rep, okay, she got me by three. Third, fourth, okay, now it's like spot on. Right. With what you just said, if you incorporate everybody, depend whatever your skill level is, if people can see that, if you can train with the elites and train with the goods, even if you're not the best there, you will raise your level subconsciously without even knowing it. You'll get more serious. If you're a guy who just jokes and laughs all the time, you will get tired of like, yo, these guys are really working me today. Right. I got to do something better. You're still going to joke around, haha, nice one, but you're going to take it more seriously. And I think that needs to be seen. When I was when I was coming up and we go and play hoops, I'll never forget when I was at the University of Alabama, this was after track season. You know, my teammates and I, we would go and we would go, you know, hoop. We weren't supposed to go hoop, <laughs> but we went to go hoop. And I went to school with with some some gifted machines. Sure. Oh, man, like I'm talking about some of these guys could go pro in track and football and basketball. Yep. And I remember we would go to the rec and we would just work everybody because we just we just outrun everybody. But I remember these three guys came in and they were wearing hoodies and they said, yo, we got next. I'm like, yo, come on, whatever. You're going to get work like everybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, man, we done won like five games straight back to back. And so they came on and, um, you know, we're playing. And, you know, it's a good game. I'll never forget, Rob, man. You know, I, I, I was coming across and I was crossing over and I went left. But the ball wasn't there. I said, yo, that hasn't that, that that has not happened in five games. I said, okay, maybe it was a fluke. One of my good friends, DeAndre Batson, one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen. Boom, he's going up, goes for a layup. All of a sudden, it gets blocked. DeAndre is six four, with a vertical of probably with a vertical that puts him to probably like seven foot. Yep. And we ended up losing this game, uh, nine to no eleven to nine. Come to find out that these guys were the top recruits coming to Alabama to play basketball. <laughs> but we didn't know. Yeah. But we didn't care. No. Because we said, yo, it's, it's, this is the game. you got to raise our level to play. Right. So, so it just brought me back to those moments where you just said, I, I think there is some good that can happen in that. Because then it shows, look, I'm this far behind. i got to work to get better. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I you know, you ask me, Akeem, and that's that's what jumps out at me as, is that, you know, I can see some financial issues and I hate to lose kids out of the system. How can we keep the costs down? Just don't do all the extravagant things for one year. One year, that's all I'm saying. Next year, you can have it back. You can do all the things you want to do, fly on your planes, do whatever, you know, go to all your tournaments. But for one year, and let them play a mm-hmm. couple of different sports. What a great opportunity to go try something different this year. Just because we're going to dial it back a bit, right? Meet some new people. That's Absolutely. the other thing that we're losing in sport right now, right? Because we're all we're 
we're getting into our cohort. Now, there's another word, cohorts, we learned in the pandemic. But, you know, we get in these groups and we stay in these groups and we don't get out of these groups. And then when we get out of these groups, we get grumpy because we're out of these groups. Sports, supposed to, you're supposed to introduce – that's how you meet people. That's how you learn about people. That's how you – you know, you go to neighborhoods or you be around kids you're not around. That's, that's what sports supposed to bring you, not the opposite of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's very tough. Um, you know, I think I think any parent listening to this and your you know, your, your child wants to play many different things like let them, you know, they they you they really don't necessarily have to make a choice about what you want to do, especially if you're good at other things. If you really want to dial things in until high school. Right. You know, what I'm saying like that's when things get a little bit more serious. But at the 14 and under level, 15 let them let them find it. Because when did you when did you start track? Um, I started track in the ninth grade, but I didn't okay. take it seriously until the eleventh grade. Okay, so the eleventh grade, and oh by the way, you represented Canada and you won a medal at Olympics, right? Like it's not like you were predestined at, at four years old. Nope, nope. Akeem's going to be a sprinter. We better put him in in sprinting class, right? You're actually yeah. a hell of a football player. Right. We haven't even talked about that, but you're actually a hell of a football player. Right. That that to me is that's what bothers me now is I don't yeah. know if we get the Akeems anymore. I don't know if we get the oh, he found a sport late in life. You can still find sport late in life. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Absolutely. You know, I was um, uh, I didn't even want to do track at the beginning. You know, that's something that we've <laughs> talked about before. Yeah. It just, I just didn't understand why running someone else's every other sports punishment was a good deal for me. I didn't want it. It didn't sound good. Um, but, you know, I started taking it seriously because, you know, someone said I couldn't I couldn't beat them in a certain event. And yeah. I said, well, you're just not going to tell me what I cannot do. So I started training and training and training. But, you know, there's um, in America, they start high school in the ninth grade, um, you know, and I think it's like that in Toronto, too. I could be wrong, but some sometimes people are late bloomers. Yeah. You know, I I. I think when sometimes when you when you monetize someone in the same sport and they do get to that professional level, they don't have a long lasting career. They may be done in a year or two because they're burnt out. Yeah, <laughs> I would not want to be traveling across the world when I'm 10 years old. For what? I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't work for everybody. But everybody's story is different. Sure. But Tony, right now, Rob, the most fun that I've ever had is in, in track and field. Um, was probably high school mm-hmm. because when you get to the NCAA level, it's a business. Yep. Sure it is. <laughs> it's, it's a business sure and you've got to find and remind yourself, yo, this is supposed to be fun, but it's not necessarily fun when you're in the SEC and you're a, you were a stud in high school, you were a stud, but yes. then you get here and your fastest time gets you 12th. Right. And now your coach is on your shoulder like, yo, what happened? It's like, yo, I'm doing everything that you told me to do. Everything that you said, like, I'm doing. And he says, yeah, but, you know, um, we got scholarship money that we can pass to others. So you got to you gotta, you gotta step it up here. Right. What do you mean? I gotta st- I'm doing everything in my power. Right. <laughs> you know, so I think we have to let every, like, young children do it when it's fun and then allow them to go and to make it, um, to make it their own. You got to make the sporting your own. Because love does fade, Rob. Yeah. No, no. I and, and I hope people understand when I'm talking about, you know, taking structure out. I'm talking about, you know, kids from 4 to 14. Like, I get it. At some point, you get serious, and at some point, it brings you an education. That's cool. That's great. But it's also what you said, right? Not everybody's journey is the same. 
And, and I do find that we're homogenizing these journeys in sport. Oh, you have to go to this academy. You have to do this. You have to play on this team. You have to, you, you know, you don't. You really don't. You know, if you're, if you're good, you know, I have yet, and I'm sure I know the circles you run in. Tom Higgins, for instance. Yes. We had Tom Higgins on this podcast right now. He would, he'd say the same thing that you and I are saying. Is Absolutely. That good athlete will always be found. Does not matter. We'll find, they'll find, that's what scouts are for. They'll find you. It's not like you're ever <laughs> going to get buried, right? Like, yeah. you know, there isn't a, there isn't, okay, I understand there's legends of street ball, so bear with me, but there was never a guy as good as Michael Jordan not found. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. the cream always rises, that sort of thing. Let the kids be kids. Let them play. Just go let them play. And that's the, that's yeah. the thing that I think is hurting athlete, athletes right now. Right? You know, I think um, my little brother's 11, and he's he's physically gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's fast. He's athletic. Um, he's got a stubborn attitude similar to mine. Um, but, you know, I said, I said, man, don't think you got to play one sport. Matter of fact, I make sure he doesn't just play one thing. You know, he, he excelled in football. He had a very good football season a couple of while ago. But I said, you know what, man? How about how about we play a little basketball? Like, how about we do a little that? You know, you can make that decision later. You can be angry with me because you don't want to play. Da 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 da. But the competitive nature in you, go find out. There's a there's 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 more to go finding out. It'll only help you. It won't hurt you. Yeah. At least at least if you go and play badminton, you know I'm not good at badminton. Okay, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave right. that one alone. Right. Right. But you know what? You and I've been around enough athletes to know. That if somebody's a really good athlete in one area and they're not a really good athlete at badminton, they want to get good at badminton, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like that's the mark of a good athlete too, right? You know, it's it's, it's the mindset and the mentality, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? It goes with you. It goes with you everywhere you go. Even 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 if you think you're bad at something, um, you're gonna think about it, and because you keep thinking about it, thinking about it, you're gonna be like, man, this is stupid. Two hours later, you find yourself at the field doing what it is doing what it is that you're bad about. That's yeah. what that's, that's what I did. Yeah, you know, and then you know you kind of go from there. Do you listen to your little brother? I do. Um, that's the one thing we don't do, right? Like we don't we don't listen to those kids. We tell those kids. We dictate the terms, right? I always ask them why. So yeah, I, yeah. I make them I make them answer. Um, like one of the things I always do, um, I always say, man, tell me what you know. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you know? And what I want to know is I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah. So he'll tell me, so he'll tell me stuff like, man, did you know in like 1927, like shark tanks? I'm like, I don't necessarily care about shark tank, but I know he's searching for information. That's right. Um, so I, I, the thing I say about kids, man, that I've realized is, um, no matter, where you are, there you go. Um, they are a mirror of us. Most, more times than none, our imperfections show in them. Yeah. And it 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 looks back at you. <laughs> so you know we can't if if you go out and you just yell and you just do all these different things. Well, that's that's a trait that they're going to carry over. So um, I hope they both know. And um, you know I had to I had to sit down and talk to them about you know being 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 black people in this world yep. not too long ago like a couple of days ago yeah and they don't necessarily understand because we didn't we didn't raise them like that right but you got to have these conversations and um it's funny man you know we we think they don't see anything but 
they're more technologically oh. inclined than <laughs> than we ever was. No, they're sponges. They're absolutely sponges. You know, Peter King used to write a newspaper column, and it was the 10 things that I think I think I know. I've always liked mm. that. The things I think I think I know. And the one that I am only waking up to now, but I, I guess I always knew it. I never understood how important what, what they call, and I don't take it literally, but the, the car ride home conversation is. How mm. important that is to a young athlete. Right? Like, I thought it, but man, the studies now are incredible. Like, that post-event conversation is so critical to the development of kids not athletes kids like it's incredible yeah. isn't it yeah you know i was um um i was playing basketball the other day with my little brother um you know he's been asking to go play but you know courts are starting to open up yep. a little bit now yep. and so i know how he works he, he 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 gets frustrated when things aren't going uh well in the field that he's doing it in very patient guy, but something with sports just clicks a little differently. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, 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 I don't believe in easy wins, Rob. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting him to the test and we're playing, you know, the third game and now I'm talking, but I'm not talking at him in a negative manner. I'm talking to him as like, okay, now you're tired. What are you going to do? Okay, when you're tired, you got you got to make sure that you control the ball. You keep your composure because everybody's going to be tired. But yeah. what are you going to do when you're tired? Right. And so I'm talking to him, and he's playing. I'm talking to him, but he's playing. I'm talking to him, but he's playing. You know. So I think the conversations post game, um, and it took me years for me to make the switch in this gap. It wasn't until I was 20, 20, 22, 23, where I started saying. Kim, what did you do well in this race? Rather than, man, that was trash. I yeah. just ran so slow. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. But if we always focus on the problem, we'll always see the problem. Right. But if you focus on finding a solution, you can find something good to take from the problem. Right. So that shift really put me on a different trajectory in my career because once I graduated university, I made that shift. You know, I became number one in the world in 60 meters. You know, because I started saying, man, what good came from this session today? Okay, I got to take this and build off of it. And that's what we have to continue to show, you know, the young children in sports, you know, especially if we have some experience in it. Give them one tip that isn't going to tell them how they can get how they can get to the smart. Take away the professional aspect of it mm-hmm. and give them a life lesson that they can take with them. Right. Okay, so things didn't go well during this time in this space. Well, what did go what did go right? Yeah. You know, so so I think those conversations are just as important as, oh, I'm so, I'm so proud of you, man. You're doing so great. But how can I pick myself up when I fall in? Right. What are some things that I need to look for? Right. Yeah, but we, we, they don't need to be told what didn't work. Not, yeah. There's not a kid alive who doesn't know what failure, <laughs> you know, that's part of the sport, right? To your point, okay, we know that part. Tell me the other part, right? Tell me what the good, where do we build? Where do we go from here? It, it's it's just fascinating to me how valuable that conversation is. And I guess I, th- I guess I always knew it, but man, is it ever coming home to roost nowadays? Yeah, it's something we don't think about, right? Yeah. You know, in the, because it just seems like uh, it's, it's the norm. You know, we, we finish practice with this. We're going to have these conversations. We're going to go to bed and do it all again tomorrow or the next day. Right, right. Um, 
but there's so much value in the everyday routine. Um, that's, that's what has helped me. Uh, I should remind everybody, not sure what sports are provided in Calgary. Sport Calgary Sport Directory will help you find the sport and the sports organizations that are right for you. Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. That's my promo. I want to promo your website, akimasinspires.com. Tell me about the podcast. Tell me about Unscripted. You mentioned Vernon Adams. He was a guest here recently. Um, this is an area that you're very good at, but but tell me what you're doing. Oh, you think so? I think I'm just making it up as I go. No. Um, it's... No. Um, it's um, so unscripted kind of came from um, I think so many times we don't get the raw emotion of people yeah. and we come in and it's like the scripted formatting of things and um, unscripted is a way that I wanted to discuss the whole person. Okay, yes, it's the athletic side. Mm-hmm. Cool. We know you're gifted. We know you can throw 90 miles. We know you can run nine, whatever. But what about the stuff you're doing in the community? Do they know that? Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've had on, you know, Vernon Adams, which is when I was with the Ticats, um, that was one dude that said, man, like, bro, like you're so fast, like you're too fast. And he took time out of his routine and said, look, after practice, we are going to work on this and we can, we can, you know, we can slow things down and make sure that you're there. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do none of that, but I respected it. And I will always speak highly of Vernon because People don't see that work, you know, and, you know, I've, I've had guys as um, Edwin Jackson on who I met um, in Phoenix when I was training, you know, Edwin Jackson has been <laughs> drafted at 17 play. He's still playing in the league right now. Yep. It is a 20 span career. There is so much wisdom in that, that man's brain, you know, and then I have on um, a lady by the name of uh, Raven Magwood, who graduated Clemson, she was like 19, 5.1 GPA. She's written four books. Um, she's uh, one of the youngest, one of the youngest millionaires at, <laughs> I love stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so unscripted is a way that I wanted to highlight people's stories, give intangible um, steps on how they could do that. But I also wanted the platform um, that I could just speak my voice at. You know, I think, you know, I think podcasting is, it's the news now. It's the new radio stations. You know it is. This, it, it absolutely it is. Yeah. This, this is what we're moving towards. And so who, who, who better can tell your story than you, you know? So um, um, I have this young lady, her name is Victoria. And, you know, she is the behind the scenes, does all the audio, does all that stuff, because I, I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have started it if, if I had to do all that, you know, but she does that. And so um, Unscripted is just a platform where you can come and get some encouragement, but also you will get something that you can take away from it that you can apply to your lives, you know, and you will get these conversations. You know, I had I had my teammates on from Rio not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I said, fellas, I said, I said, look, you know, when you come on the podcast, like, I don't want the CNN or the CTV um, version of you. The interview version. (laughs) Yeah, right. I want you to talk like how you would talk as if we're at the village. I want you to share some of these stories that you probably wouldn't share or nobody asked you. And the stories that they shared and the inside of their stuff, like, you know, like Andre said some things that I've never heard him say before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, 
I have history with all these guys because I've, I've, I've been with them on the scene, but also a lot of conversations we had behind closed doors about their personal lives. Nobody sees that. Everybody thinks that there's one side of everybody, the serious side, the focused side. Yeah, but every person also likes to make jokes. They like to have fun. You know, I don't want to show people's perfection. I want to show the imperfect side of them. Then it's on you if you're going to accept them for all they are. Is it hard? Have you found it hard to get those conversations? Not necessarily, because I think, um, um, and this is just what I've been told from them. You know, they say, Kim, you make it easy right. to just speak. And I said, well, you know, I, I appreciate that, you know, but said nothing changed but just the click of a button. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 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 so, you know, I, I just want to make sure that um, – that everybody's voice has an opportunity to be heard. And when I say that is, you know, Maya Angela has a quote that says, I come as one, but I stand with 10,000. Mm-hmm. You may you may see me, but you're hearing so many different voices behind me, in yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when when you speak, you're, you're speaking with the people who have helped you all the way to where you are today. So it's not just Rob Kerr. It's a whole plethora of people inside Rob Kerr. So sometimes the voices um, that you see are speaking for the people behind them. I made I made the podcast with uh, with Vernon Adams and his people. He may not know them, but people in Seattle and he went to Oregon. You know, they're saying, Akeem, you know, what's hey, man, are you ever going to do a camp down here? You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's 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 just the ability to to highlight the whole person and see the works that they're doing and just appreciate them, Rob, man. I'm so tired of people being appreciated when they're on their deathbed and, 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 and oh, they're not here anymore, man. That I don't want to, I don't want to do that no more. No, I refuse. no. And, and that it's funny you say that because this is, this has been fun for me to come back and do these podcasts because there's no rules, right? That was the <laughs> one thing. Ah, you know, I enjoyed my time in radio and it was great to me and I have nothing but it did did bug me when I had to take commercials. It did bug me when we got to go to this. You know, I, I've done two-hour podcasts because that's what it lends itself to. I've had a yeah. couple people come on and they think it's an interview and it's stilted and it's not. But when you make that connection and you have that room and you don't have the rules and the agenda, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's free. Like, it's really yeah. free, right? And I think that's the power of it. You know, it's... Yeah. it's, it's it's being able to, you know, one of the podcasts I listen to um, is called All the Smoke with uh, with Matt Barnes and um, his name is his name is slipping me, but it's it's two basketball. Oh, Stephen Jackson. Yeah. And, you know, people know Stephen Jackson from, you know, that big fight in, in Detroit. Um, yes. You know, yeah. look, if you're in the sporting world, you know what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, big fight in Detroit, huge. But their podcast um, is the voice of the players who would say, mm, that's not the best guy in the outside world that you would see at the news twists and turns it. But then you, they, you know, they bring them on and they say, look, man, why did you come to this point? And they are able to share why, because they know that Matt, and Stephen understand the rhetoric and the conversation. Correct. Correct. You know what I'm saying? It's, yep. it's, it's, you'll be more open to someone who understands what you're going through in the conversation. Yep. That's why, that's why I can't 
you know, I can't get mad at anybody who says I don't want to talk to reporters. Most times, I can't tell you how many times reporters have came to me and just twisted my stories. Like, I, I never said those things. Well, they they just never allow for context, right? Exactly, yeah. You know, because you can't, I couldn't talk to you, Akeem, and get a 20-second soundbite. I can't. You're too thoughtful. There's too much to it. And and I I saw it. I lived it. Like, I had to cut them. Like, I got in trouble all the time. (laughs) Like, come on, we need the clips to be 10 seconds. Your clips are 40 seconds. Yeah, well, that's a reason for that, right? And And I think it... It's kind of funny what you're saying because it does speak to this kind of revolution we've seen to players owning their own voices now. The Players Tribune, podcasting, you know, you, YouTube. You, you have all of these sources now where the players say, athletes, whoever, even executives go, no, no, let me tell you what. I, because, again, mm. context and nuance matters. Context and nuance matters. It, you can't do it justice in a 10-second clip. But that's, that's the way that world, the, that current constructive media is set up. It needs to adapt to the new media. It needs to become more like podcasts. It needs to become more um, voiced of the player rather than a talking head asking. And, and then, you know, in, in many ways, and you probably uh, were a victim of this, was leading questions. Well, really, Akeem, this is what I want you to say, so I'm going to ask it this way so you give me what I want you to say, right? We've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and when they ask you that, or even some positions, and you you remain silent, they think that, you know, you're, you're hiding from something or you just don't want to... Well, no, sometimes you're silent because you don't want to say anything that will twist your words or you don't have anything... Um, valuable to say at that time because sometimes you need time to process what's being said and what 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 better way than to you control the rhetoric of it like you know i was thinking rob if 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 the coronavirus hit us it's 2020 now Mm -hmm. say 25 years ago right internet wasn't the greatest 25 years ago no um cell phones no, they were, they were, you know, flip phones like they couldn't. And, you know, if you wanted to write somebody a message, you had to literally sit down, write a message and go and mail it. But now we have these platforms and these social media, you know, and you're seeing all these different things come up. You know, I see it. I saw it in the NFL. I saw it in so many things, things people said, yep. you, you know, um, but we have our own access to these things, but it's what are you doing with your voice? You know, what are you using your platform for? And I think if we can ask ourselves these questions, and you're seeing a lot of these players come up and speak about it. Yeah. You know, I was, um, um, somebody, somebody sent me a message, um, you know, when the protest and stuff was going on, um, I mean, still going on. And they said, um, said, man, it would be really cool it was like a, a, a thread and somebody was saying it'd be really cool if Barack Obama and Michelle Obama came and marched with us. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think so though? And, and, you know, I said, what do you mean? I said, what happens if Barack and Michelle go and they get shot? Their voices speak so much magnitude, mm-hmm. so much volume it's better that they shine this light from their platforms right? and they can make some changes happen. I don't know, but they're using their platform for better 
And, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to social media for? What are we doing on our feeds? What are we doing? You know, um, there's different ways to march, and that's a way to do it right there as well, too. You know, but it it, it, it just drew me back to when you said, um, you know, us controlling our own voices. It, it's an, it's funny you bring up technology, though. You keep We keep feeding each other these lines, but it's funny you talk about technology, and this was 25 years ago. So let me get, let me tell you about the last three months, <laughs> if this was 25 years ago. We would come out of this pandemic smarter because we would have been forced to read books and mm. we wouldn't have been watching cat videos, right? Like, you know, we would have been for and write. We would have written to each other and we would have done those kind of staples of education. But George Floyd would have happened and we would have never known. And, yeah. and, and it would have kept happening and we would have never known. And we wouldn't have been able to process and bring all the information together and formulate. I'm no fan of social media, but I, I'm also one of those people that can't unequivocally say, oh, they should. I wish we didn't have technology. It's a, there's a little bit of a yin and a yang, right? It is needed. Um, you know, again, you said it spot on. Um, we wouldn't have been able to see it if, you know, someone didn't have their phone out. Right. Um, you know, it, it just goes back to me, you know, what are you using it for? Are you using it to tear down or build up? Are you using it to aware or cause propaganda? Like, what, what are you using it for? Yeah. And, you know, so for me, again, I tell, you know, I, I, I tell my young, young, uh, young guys all the time, you know, the people that I mentor, um, you know, I just try to remind them to, look, use your voice for good um, and try not to act out in hate. Um, because if you're trying to go to these institutions um, and you have the opportunity to go, they're going to they're gonna look for a reason not to accept you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. But I make sure that, you know, as human beings, we got to feel how we feel. Um, we can't escape how we feel. And in knowing how you feel, processing how you feel, even if you don't have an understanding of what to do next, um, you still got to, you still got to move. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I'm going to shift a little bit. Are you a retired athlete or are you an athlete? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of both. Um, I'm retired, uh, but I still, I still train. I'm okay. still, I'm still fit. Okay. So are you retired, retired, or just <laughs> currently retired? No, I'm retired, retired. I don't have any aspirations of, of coming back to uh, uh, into the athletic scene. You know, I've I've um I've I've, I've given everything that I that I yeah. that I got to it. Yeah. Um and I don't have any regrets, Rob. No, I it was it's just you know, that was it's funny again how quickly this world changes. This podcast about it two months ago was all about the decision to postpone the Olympics and how that was impacting athletes and and how they were adapting and all of those sort of things. And um, my question for you is, how much did you not worry about having to be involved in that <laughs> whole thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in the outside now. Okay. Uh, be- okay. Because, um, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend's American. Yep. Um, former world champion Chanel Price. And, you know, she is still in it. You know, these are probably her last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but she was training well, um, the other day they had a time trial and she ran two minutes flat. Um, you know, so I think, I think this is a crucial moment for athletes. Um, I think what you do now is going to show what happens next year. Yes. 
And the reason why I say that is if you just shut the season down as soon as you found out that it's not going to happen, that's going to harm you because your body is going to go into the resting stage. And then when you try to revamp back up in, say, September or October, you're going to have to start from scratch all over again rather than picking up from where you left off. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is this is a this is this is a tough time. Um, even even the games next year, yeah, it's it's a year away, but we don't know what's going to look like a year away. Yeah, but you still got to control, got to got to control now. Yeah, you something you said before about practice makes permanent. So, uh, you know, you're a retired athlete, but you're still working out. What's the difference? Like, is it is it is it <laughs> so, easier or harder now? How is it? Uh, so when I first, when I first stepped away from it, oh man, I was, I was lifting in the gym as if I was still in it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm squatting almost 600 pounds. I'm cleaning three, 360. Like I'm doing all these things and I'm watching everybody in the gym look at me like, yo. And then I realized, wait, I don't have to put my body through all these rigorous things anymore. <laughs> uh, so, um, for me now, the the intensity is still there, yeah. but the reps are lower. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm training now to stay fit to make sure that my health is right. Um, but I also remember uh, my last year running. Uh, Maurice Green, you know Marisa, you, yep. you know former former world champ, yeah, fastest sure. man in the world at one point, Mo Green. He came over to me and he says, uh, he says, man, um, I keep hearing these rumors, man. Um, I said, rumors? What are you talking about? He was like, man, I hear that, you, you know, you may be stopping. I hadn't announced nothing to nobody. And he says, man, I want to give you a little advice, man, once you stop running. I said, of course. He says, man, you got to make a decision if you're going to work out <laughs> or if you're not. I said, what you mean? He was just like, man, um, it's easy to blow up. And he like pointed to his stomach. And I just, I just <laughs> laughed. I just laughed. Well, you know, it's 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 those small things where you're just like, man, you know, I, I want to be able to uh, uh, when I have kids, I want to be able to go and sprint with them and run with them, whatever they want to do. And my yeah. siblings, you know, so I just want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. You know, when I say taking care of myself, you know, everybody has different body types. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the healthy aspect of go for that walk every day or every other day. Like do something that will make you feel better um, internally. Right? right, because there's a lot of people who look fit on the outside, but internally they're all chips and burgers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there's no, two different values. Hundred percent. Yeah, guilty as charged, actually. Um, <laughs> so a couple more before I let you go. One has to do. It's funny. Early on in this conversation, I was kind of checking off some boxes that uh, I saw on, on the website, and I had never seen this term before. What? Tell me what it means to be a mindset communicator. A mindset communicator, you know, so, so for me, you know, my message always perseverance and resiliency. Um, but all habits are hard to break. Mm -hmm. Um, and in knowing that I realized that now everybody doesn't have the same mindset that Akeem has. Why? Because everybody didn't go through what I had to go through. Sure. So their hard or my heart is different from their hard. So when I say mindset communicator, it's, how can I get you to understand what I want to say in a way that resonates to you? So I need to be able to help you shift your mindset where you're, where you see adversity as, okay, I just got to face this head on and not go around it. 
So we are all communicators in some aspect. Um, we just do it differently. And for me, I speak about perseverance and resiliency, but I can't make you persevere if your mind isn't connected to the word. So that's what mindset communicator means to me is uh, just trying to help you shape and shift your mindset in a way that will press towards the mark that you see for yourself. Akeeminspires.com. You can uh, you can find the podcast there. Unscripted is there. If you want some help with speaking, which I think is amazing, by the way. I, I know I was a little lighthearted about it, but I think it's awesome that you're doing this. Fearless Speakers Academy, which is fantastic. Four books, right? Or, or soon to be, soon to be, <laughs> soon to be. I'm getting ahead of myself, right? The uh, the third book will be out um, for, uh, I'm aiming before the new school year, August, September, because this third book is about 60 pages, maybe less. Okay. Um, and it's going to be geared towards students. Okay. You know, because I think, you know, Yes, you can go and learn the math, you can learn the science, but this book is about how to persevere when you're faced with setbacks and delays. It's a guide, you know, what breaking it down from goal setting. Um, people don't always know how to set a goal, you know, but this one is for all students who are, you know, trying to press towards a mark. And um, that one's been fun, you know, because there's, you know, there's a, uh, it's, it, it's, it's just straight to the point. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Absolutely. And but you'll be able to get it from the website, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um you get the same last question that every guest on this podcast gets. There's no I'm not uh I'm not giving you any parameters. You interpret it and you provide an answer. <laughs> Give me Akeem Haynes hidden Calgary gem. Oh man. Uh so before I moved to this place um, in Martindale, there was a part in uh, Whitehorn, and there was this hill there. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, I call it. But, you know, you walk like, you know, 10 minutes, and there's like this hill there. So I used to train at the hill below this school, get some serious work in. But then when I needed to do my deepest thinking, I would go and sit at this bench on top of that same hill. And I don't know what it was, man. Like, I'm a... I'm a, I like a good bench, Rob, because I think uh, I, th I think when you can sit, how many times are we able to be still anymore? This 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 pandemic has caused us to be still. Yeah. Um, but for me, I always need a place to be still to just look out and to just see like, OK, what 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 is happening inside myself here? So um, that would be my hidden gem. There's probably a lot of mosquitoes out there right now, so it's probably not uh, not the best. It's all right. Uh, Akeeminspires.com. Um, I don't even know where to begin to thank you for this conversation. I knew when I was when we were going to do this, I knew this was going to be important. I had no idea it was going to be this important. You, uh, again, uh, in so many ways, every time I talk to you, I learn something. Every time I talk to you, I get inspired. Uh, you are so important right now. I hope you know that. Uh, your voice is so important. Please keep doing what you're doing. Please keep preaching the message you're preaching. Please share your testimony because we need it. And uh, I, again, brother, I love you, and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Rob, it's, it's always a pleasure, man. You've, uh, you've been the same as you are since the day I met you. You've never changed, um, and, and, and you've always spoken out, man, and I appreciate that, man. It's always love from my end, man. You know, like I tell you all the time, 
all you ever got to do is ask, man. <laughs> and the same thing. You know that. We're here. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. One of my favorites. One of this, I know it's our 50th podcast, might be my favorite um, because of it's what I like to do. It's it's let's get into a topic and let's get down and let's get right in there. And Akeem rolled up the sleeves and did it. Uh, if you are looking for someone to have those conversations with your organization, uh, your staff, whoever, he is a, uh, as we noted, a, uh, a great speaker. He also works with people in public speaking. His podcast, um, uh, Unscripted, is worth your, li- worth your time for sure. Um, I would suggest uh, above this one. Uh, well, listen to this one and then listen to that one a lot. That's how I would do it. So thanks to Akeem for joining us. Uh, thanks to you. Uh, lots of podcasts, as we mentioned. There's 49 other ones if you're just joining us. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Uh, subscribe today at uh, at Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Rob Kerr. This has been an original Six Feet Conversation podcast here at Sport Calgary.